0: Welcome to episode one fifty three of the Digital Life, a show about our adventures in the world of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host Dirk Niemeyer.
1: Greetings, John.
0: For our podcast today, we're going to discuss a little bit uh, Google's Sidewalk Labs, which is uh, a you know what, what I see as as kind of a uh, one of the inventive spinoffs from from Google's alphabet now uh, and they have some radical plans to design smart cities and they've got a few active active products already but one of the things that makes this uh, sidewalk labs such a such a compelling uh, or interesting initiative from Google is that they're also looking into the possibility of of building this this smart city or smart neighborhood uh, from the ground up, so they've got their sort of pragmatic um, products right now, which include uh, something called Flow, which helps to uh, basically guide transportation in a, in, in a city, uh, namely helping people find parking spots, helping them avoid traffic, uh, etc., and, and and making um, you know congestion less, so so that all of us uh, in inter- uh, commuters into the city can have, uh, lives that exist outside of just waiting in traffic. So that's flow that they're, they're working with the U S department of transportation, um, and it's a smart city challenge finalists to develop. And then in New York city, they've got a, a product called link NYC, which is, uh, you know, super fast, uh, internet access basically that is, uh, uh, replacing basically what you'd have, uh, your old pay phone booth, right? So now they've got these, these wonderful kiosks or, or what have you that you can sidle up to or sit next to, or be in the vicinity of within 150 feet or so. And, and basically get, uh, uh, fiber optic, uh, Access to the internet at blazing speeds. Uh, so that's Link NYC, and and that works really well if you're, say, sitting in a Starbucks uh, somewhere in the vicinity of a, of a Link. Um, so so those those are two of their initial products, but they they do have um, you know large ambitions, and 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 those things are are also going to stretch into uh, housing, uh, personalized services, you know, around uh, uh, health, you know, basically anything that you can uh, think of in in the digital realm that relates to folks living in the city. I, I think Sidewalk Labs is probably interested in rolling that out. So I feel very uh excited about this and and at the same time i know how government works i know how cities work i i know that it's very hard to start from scratch uh it's it's such a luxury when you're designing sort of from the ground up um so so i'm a little bit um a little skeptical that that uh, uh google slash alphabet sidewalk labs is going to be able to get the leeway uh, to do what what it is they really want to do, Dirk. What's what's your initial take on on the Sidewalk Labs experiments?
1: Well, I certainly think they're interesting. I think they're they're necessary. I mean, we need to we need to re envision what life, what humanity could be like if started from the ground up in the reality of the new digital context. That is, you know, is is really sort of a modern. Um, development and continues to develop uh, with a lot of technologies even beyond just the digital. You know, you're correct that the idea of taking New York City or Boston or Chicago or other other major cities in the United States and fully integrating and benefiting from these visions is um, unlikely. Uh, the infrastructure cost is too high. The existing infrastructure build is too much. And, you know, we're Meaning the United States at a point of uh, not just maturity, but almost um, you know sort of languid uh, old age in a certain way. So we're not looking to you know New York City in the 19th century and into the mid 20th century was was basically rolled down and built back up numerous different times. The the pictures taken in one from one point to two or three decades later would look nothing like it. Whereas it's it's largely calcified over the last 50 or 60 years, um, you know, with obvious exceptions with some giant skyscrapers. But the city as a whole looks very much the same. I I think where there's real opportunity, where these ideas could bear fruit, are in ways that the the general public, that most of us can't envision. Um, And specifically, that's with the new cities of the future, that instead of trying to retrofit New York City, to be the the new gleaming paradise, there will just be another city built that didn't exist before, um, and you know we we have the context for that. Um, you know, on one hand, you have on the East Coast these large cities that are um, are too full, or they've reached their capacity. You know, real estate prices are super high. Um, gentrification has pushed out service workers and people who aren't as as well off. Um, so there's a capacity issue, and that capacity issue could be addressed directly with new cities put into, you know, places right now that are sleepy suburbs or or otherwise sort of strategically located in the context of, of the old cities. And those can be built up with the appropriate new futuristic infrastructure from day one instead of all of the different um, headaches and, and sort of inertia against um, trying to, to make an existing big city uh, look and behave and, and be structured that way. The other one are things related to climate change. So, you know, there's a significantly non zero chance that in the decades, certainly in the centuries, but probably the decades to come, there's going to be mass migration from places like uh, Mexico, New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, north. Um, You know, places like the Pacific Northwest, places like um, British Columbia, Alberta. These are places right now that are very uh, nature-filled. These are places with very low density, and we're going to have uh, a lot of people needing to relocate in order to have access to fresh water. Um, I mean, you would think someday we we figure out how to desalinate uh, the, the oceans to solve that, but... It's not happening at scale right now. Um, so access to fresh water, access to more habitable temperatures, um, access to environments that can more easily um, support agriculture without having to move the dwindling fresh water supply we have thousands of miles in the crazy ways that we do it right now. Um, and so these, these migrations, these future migrations that seem all but inevitable at this point. Um, are a perfect opportunity to start new cities right out of the ground to to enable those individuals to have somewhere to live and work and exist. And, you know, it will be projects like this one by Alphabet and other companies that look at these projects sort of whole cloth freshly that will enable us to build um, here in the United States cities and environments that take full advantage of the wondrous advances that we've had you know um and in other places of course you know it's more it's it's more natural i mean you have uh, china um a lot of places in in various parts of asia that are building new cities right out of the ground um even today and in those places it will be much more natural and easy for these things to happen um less so in the united states but i think here I think it will happen as well, just in ways very different from how we typically kind of scratch our head and say, okay, how's New York city going to do this? Um, they might do parts of it, but largely they won't. There's going to be new cities that we, we haven't conceived of yet that will, I believe bring these things to life.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a good point about the, the brand new cities. I, I I know that, uh, in China, for instance, uh, Shenzhen is a relatively new city that is, uh, you know, extremely populous and didn't exist, you know, a few, just a few decades ago. Um, uh, In contrast in the U S of course, we have cities that could uh, very much use, uh, you know, some revitalization, right? So if alphabet is looking for a certain, um, uh Autonomy from city regulations, which it is it is looking for um you know not to be constrained uh, with things like street design or parking design or or what have you some of that will be able to happen in 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 uh cities like New York or you know Chicago or what have you, but then you know there there are also cities like Detroit that you know has massive uh you know, urban decay and, and really could probably use some of this uh, um, fresh thinking and, and, and digital infrastructure, etc. A lot of
1: those cities don't have money. I mean, Detroit notoriously was just recently bankrupt, may still be. Um, a lot of the Rust Belt cities that really could use a refreshing and a revitalization don't have money. I mean, I came from one. I grew up in the Toledo, Ohio area, and they're always talking about the revitalization. but There's no money. You know, it's so it's sticky, you know. I think, I think we have real, real financial weight um, that's going to make difficult really doing these things properly.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, that's certainly a factor as well. I think um, the, you know, the New York City examples of you know sidewalk labs, you know, initial forays into smart city uh, infrastructure. Those, you know. Those pieces, like link n y c are revenue generating, but um they're generating a small amount of revenue right now, you know going forward you know obviously they're 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 planning on it generating a lot more revenue right now it's advertising on on the kiosk, which you know can only go only go so far, but the potential of course, in New York, as you pointed out, is there's a lot more money sloshing around there, and so the idea that there could be revenue generation is not uh you know not a bizarre thought whereas doing the same thing uh in areas of detroit you know there's the possibilities for revenue generation are are much uh much less i'm afraid the so so the 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 point you made about the the migration of of humans, you know, farther, farther north to compensate for for global warming, you know, is a really interesting one, especially when it comes to this, this smart city design. I don't think that we're having very many conversations just yet about, you know, what, um, you know, future future cities or brand new future cities might look like. There there was a piece, uh, I think a couple years ago in uh, I believe it was Business Two magazine, which which definitely sets a a fresh bite date on my uh, <laughs> on my references. Yeah. But talking about uh, the the megacities of the future and the idea that the urban sprawl would just eventually get uh, so great that you know cities like Boston, New York would just sort of merge together in one massive, you know, city a la. Um, you know william gibson the sprawl or you know something like that um you know so so there there is you know the thought that perhaps all the lovely land between uh new york and boston could be could be that that fresh new city that you're talking about uh to conf, you know to take on a, a much larger population but business 20 uh future cities aside uh, that that's a really fascinating question, uh, especially in light of uh, population growth, right? The need for um, employment, uh, you know, increasing uh, need for uh, you know affordable housing, all these things that that uh, you know Sidewalk Labs wants to wants to solve. Um, perhaps perhaps they'll be solving it uh, and starting from scratch, but just not in the uh, uh, in the established cities of today, um, of course, this this all fits into the larger smart cities trend, which we know is is happening across the country. i mean we're we're already seeing uh, you know experiment small experiments uh, start to happen. And you know, as the internet of things becomes embedded into into our environment, in Boston, I know we, we have a, a massive need for uh, municipal services to be better coordinated, uh, especially not this winter but the previous one there was so much snow that you know smart deployment of city resources uh, would have been uh, much appreciated to, to dig people out so so there is you know i I do see that the the overlay of of Smart services on top of ex- existing infrastructure—you know that that's valuable too. And while it's very nice for the technologists and the designers and data scientists, whatever, at Sidewalk Labs to want to start from the ground up, there's there's a lot of value that we can still receive just by you know building on top of the uh, uh, you know ancient infrastructure that already exists in in a place like Boston
1: yeah it's a continuum right I mean you have on one extreme the sidewalk labs ideal of what something perfectly built from zero to best practice would look like on the other extreme you have whatever is the least most interesting at least powerful least interesting feature of everything sidewalk labs did that's just plugged into some existing environment and, and everything in between and so it's Yeah, it's all a matter of just doing what we're able to do. I think, unfortunately, though, we're we're just not going to be able to afford in a lot of existing cities to do as much as we could and should if the intent is to really up-level our
0: quality of life in the context of the most modern technologies. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to thedigitallife.com – that's just one L in the digital life – and go to the page for this episode – We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody, so it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening, or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at GoInvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk? You can follow me
1: on Twitter at dneymeyer. that's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R, or email me Dirk at GoInvo.com.
0: So that's it for episode 153 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time.